Hi friends, welcome to the Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability Discussion Series. And I'm very excited today that we have the opportunity to talk with Reverend Fletcher Harper from Green Faith. And uh, Reverend Fletcher, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for the opportunity to talk. It's great to be with you. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. And of course, you and I, we have cross paths a, a couple few times in the last year or two, uh, doing work in the realm of stewardship, sustainability, social justice, uh, particularly in some of these interfaith um, nexus points and, and meetings, conferences that have been occurring. And it's so heartening to see folks from a variety of spiritual and religious backgrounds getting together to uh, help heal our world and relationships. And I'm hoping you could kick us off here today by uh, telling us why do you think a religious or spiritual approach to environmental concerns is an important part of the dialogue and, and what's going on these days? Well, I, I think that you know, it's in, in our society in the U.S., it, and this is true in a lot of places globally, um, it doesn't take long before uh, concerns around the environment and climate change become politicized and become viewed primarily through a, um, a political lens. And when that happens, given that a lot of societies are relatively evenly split politically, you, you start to lose the ability to address the fact that, that all people um, in our experience share a certain level of, of moral and spiritual concern about having a, a safe and, and healthy planet to live on. Um, they may view the avenue to getting to that end differently, but there's a shared concern there. And so I think one of the things that religion can do is to speak to that deeper level on which we all come together around the fact that the earth is a gift. It's our responsibility to take care of that gift, um, that, that things are, are in certain ways out of balance, and that it's really vitally important that we wake up to the challenge and find ways to meet it in a way that, that creates a healthy environment for everybody, that fosters uh, a prosperous future for the human family and for the earth on which humanity depends. So I think that there's a, a real critical importance in a, a polarized era for religion and spirituality and voices representing those stepping forward and, and making the case that we're all in this together. Absolutely. You know, it has, it has struck me as, as so profound and, and heartening, again, very heartening that these last few years in particular, it seems that many of us from all sorts of different faith backgrounds are are transcending the divisions and the barriers in many respects and, and coming together uh, more so as a human family around some of these very large scale, very challenging situations uh, that we face now on the planet. And although certainly we, we live in times that are fraught with sadness and uh, incredible uh, destruction at the same time, there seems to be some light coming through in how it is really bringing people together in ways that we maybe weren't just a few years ago. 
Well, I think we've got, we, we, there are, you know, what we see in our work is that there are, are signs of hope. Religious and spiritual communities are, are without question a lot more awakened around these issues than they ever have been. Um, and there's more and more work that's getting done, which is good. Um, I think at the same time, we look at the, at the really considerable challenges that we face, and there's a long, long way to go. And there's a, a sort of acceleration that's needed. And so it's, you know, we live a sort of a, you know, it, there, there are signs of hope and there are challenging signs also. And I think it, uh, you know, what, what motivates and drives us is the sense that there's a great deal more that's possible and that we need to move in that direction. Yes, absolutely. So would you, would you give us a, a quick overview of the work you're doing at Green Faith? And I know that you all are really one of the leaders out at the fore uh, for many faith communities, at least all around the United States. And I get the sense uh, even internationally and uh, if you wouldn't mind just kind of walking through what you guys are working on, it would, I think, be great for us to hear more about that. Sure. We, we do work in, in three areas, basically. We do, we do quite a bit of work in the, the training and capacity building area, which means we, we train religious leaders and people of different faiths around how to approach um, environmental concerns in their, in their own context. We do uh, quite a bit of campaigning work. Um, we've been very involved, as an example, in the, the fossil fuel divestment movement, mobilizing faith-based groups to, to take part in that. Um, we're, we're quite active in terms of mobilizing faith voices and uh, um, faith presence around important uh, negotiation moments in terms of the, the global climate negotiations. And we are... Um, you know, so then, and so it's, you know, it's, we do quite a bit of that, that organizing and mobilizing work. We've been involved in mobilizing religious and spiritual communities for the various people's climate marches that have, that have happened. Um, and then the, um, most recently, the newest facet of our work is a local organizing model where we're supporting local faith communities getting involved in, uh, environment, you know, organizing themselves, uh, getting five or 10 congregations together in a, a given area and uh, doing organizing work, addressing substantive issues and participating in, uh, in uh, national and global campaigns from that local perspective. So, um, you know, that the sort of training capacity work, the campaigning and, and mobilizing work and the local organizing work all are, are a part of what we do and, and make up the, the, the mission that we've got. That's so beautiful. And how can folks, if they're in a community uh, wanting to get their own congregation potentially more connected with Green Faith, what's the best way to go uh, about uh, making that connection? You know, I would say that folks can, can visit our website, which is Green Faith green like the color green, faith like faith in God.org. Um, we also uh, are, we do a lot of sort of consultation with groups so people can send us an email at info, I-N-F-O at greenfaith.org and we can get back to them with some ideas about how to get started. There's a, a getting started kit uh, that's available for faith and spiritual communities that's that's on our website. Um, 
you know, and, and then we offer periodic webinars and campaign involvement opportunities through which uh, folks can can become involved. So it's a um, you know it's a there are there are a number of ways for people to connect up, and we we always enjoy connecting with with folks. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. You know, I uh, have been struck. Many of my friends and family uh, identify as religious, and you know are very comfortable with concepts like prayer, and and that's a part of life for for those folks. I also have friends in the secular environmental community for whom concepts like prayer are perhaps uncomfortable. And meanwhile, uh, understanding we live in a time when climates, the climate is changing uh, at the hands of, of human activity and uh, have also friends and family in the arena, I would call maybe uh, in the social political uh science kind of realm of approaching life and understanding, uh, you know, what's going on for us humans. And, and again, with that group, often something like prayer might be uncomfortable. And, and even uh, considering the plight of our brothers and sisters on the planet who truly are, are suffering from extreme poverty and also the most at risk and susceptible to these environmental catastrophes and upheavals that we are now seeing more and more. And I just wonder in your work, knowing that you really are a bridge builder and you're really reaching across different boundaries, what might you share with folks, maybe identifying with with one or or a couple of those camps that I just kind of outlined, what do you see as an opportunity to continue bringing us further and further together to to the extent that that might be possible? Well, I think that it's really important. I mean, one, one of the things that we've seen over the last several years has been, uh, and, th- and this is relatively new, that more and more uh, relief and development agencies, including religious relief and development agencies, which traditionally have dealt with different kinds of natural disasters or grassroots or community development work in developing countries, are, are all starting to talk now about about climate change, as an example, they're, they're realizing the world is changing. Um, climate change is creating more disasters, um, which I mean, we used to call them natural disasters, but but there's a, a clear sort of human fingerprint to some degree on on these things now. And um, you know, people at work in terms of helping small farmers uh, develop and stay viable are, are recognizing the the weather related and the climate related challenges. So. I think that that's one thing that is that that does bring people together as a recognition that there is just plain and simple that the people who are innocent of any meaningful wrongdoing on this front are, are suffering the impacts of of a changing world, and that that's not right, and and that that evokes a sense of compassion from people. So I, I think that's one piece of the picture. I think another another piece of the picture that is really hopeful with this is that there's very substantial opportunity for um, when it comes to the development of, of new forms of renewable energy, uh, new green infrastructure. Uh, you know, one of, one of the great, I think, social challenges that we have in, in the United States is, is this growing gap between the, the very wealthy and, and the rest of society. And, and part of what a, a really strong green infrastructure program does is it creates 
significant numbers of skilled trade jobs that um, that can't be outsourced and that that are part of having a um, a strong society and a cohesive society. So I, I think there are you know you look at both the humanitarian side of things, but then also a sense of the pride in in building a strong and resilient society. Um, I, I think both of those are themes that that can help bring people together from a lot of different camps. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. So as a preacher, I'm curious uh, if you have a favorite passage or two from the scriptures that, that helps orient some of the work you're doing as it relates to stewardship of our world, this planet, as well as care for one another. Is there anything that jumps out uh, to you there? There, there are two that I like, one from the Hebrew scriptures from the book of Genesis when God is over and over again calling everything that God creates good during the, the first creation story and then gets to the end of the, of the week and looks at everything and calls it very good. I, I, I love that. And I think there's a, there's a very fundamental assertion there that that, that is about a gift that um, that is given not just to us, but to all of the created order. And then literally right at the other end of the Bible, there's a, a wonderful passage in the book of, of Revelation, which is a, a challenging book for, for many of us, uh, where the, the new Jerusalem, uh, you know, heaven, paradise is, is being described. And it's a, it's a fascinating image because it's an image of a city, the new Jerusalem, but it's a city that has a river flowing right down its, its, its main street. Uh, and on, on either side of the street, there are these beautiful life-giving trees. And there's a passage in, the, in uh, the book of Revelation that says the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. And, and that's always been a very, I've found, I find that very moving because I think that it says that ultimately we all depend on nature's healing and restorative and supportive power um, for our very lives. And I think that that's true. And I, I think that passage puts it really beautifully in a, um, in a very poetic way. That is absolutely beautiful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, just want to take a moment. Mentioning trees uh, made me think of this to give a quick shout out uh, for, for those of our friends who are tuning in through the podcast. Uh, if you would like, you can use the code podcast, the word podcast at uh, whyonearth.org uh, slash market to get some special deals on audiobooks and some of the other uh, listening products that we have there. And also want to encourage folks to check out whyonearth.org slash community where we're uh, posting more and more of these sorts of sharings with uh, different thought leaders and community leaders uh, from all over doing all kinds of uh, amazing work. And... Uh, Reverend Fletcher, I, I want to mention one of the big things that we're really excited about now is uh, activating in communities all over, uh, working with some very special biodynamic soil preps to help activate the soil ecology. And I'm, I'm struck in, in Genesis, this connection with soil that, that also occurs uh, at the time of creation. And it seems um, among a lot of the things we can do, and I love the starter kit and eco tips you all offer. Notice the categories, energy, toxins, food, transportation, waste reduction, water, 
And noted within the food segment that y'all uh, identify that 40% of the energy consumption in the production of food, 40% actually is uh, the manufacturing use of chemical fertilizers and pesticides. And it turns out one of the things a lot of those uh, synthetic and man-made chemicals are doing is literally killing off the incredible, miraculous uh, soil biota that uh, the more I learn about it, the more I marvel at the incredible complexity that exists in, in that soil uh, ecology. And it seems to me with this image of the, the leaves of the trees for the healing of the nations, one of the ways we might engage with that in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods, in our own communities is, is through uh, soil and helping to uh, heal and enliven soil with tr trees as well and other plants. And just curious if, uh, uh, you know, perhaps as time goes on, some of your uh, community outreach and mobilizing work might also include some of these soil things. And it's not to put you on the spot necessarily, but uh, it, from my perspective, seems like it could be an incredibly powerful piece and layer to uh, the work that you guys are already doing in so many communities. I think that one of the things that's that's nice about that opportunity is that so many religious institutions own uh, own some property and can use the the soil work that you're talking about, which is really important um, as part of the way that they treat the soil, you know, in their own you know in their own place. Um, we're we're big believers in the importance of religious groups finding ways to to model. Uh, what it means to be an environmental leader in, in their community. And so I, I think it would be, you know, I know that in the UK a, a decade or so ago, there was a, a wonderful initiative uh, that was called, I think, the Living Churchyard that was about recognizing that there were a lot of old cemeteries and that if they were left somewhat uncut, they could become a place that could support um, some some biodiversity of of. Uh, plants that were that would grow naturally there, but that were becoming increasingly rare across the the UK countryside. And so, I think this idea of using, uh, you know, using religious properties as a way of modeling really exemplary behaviors, and then using those properties also, you know, to to teach and to train their members and members of the community about how to take those practices home is a is a great opportunity. Absolutely. As, as you're describing that, uh, that project in the UK, something came to mind to me where our, our churches, our uh, houses of worship have for such a very long time been a place of sanctuary for our hearts, our minds, our spirits. And my gosh, I was getting this image of these places becoming increasingly sanctuaries for uh, so many other of uh, God's creation, the birds and pollinators and soil microbes and all kinds of others. And my gosh, what a what a beautiful uh, day it will be when m most many of our uh, places of worship are also ecological sanctuaries in a very literal sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. And I think that and there are more and more congregations that are that are on that pathway and i think that uh, there there's you know there's there's lots of room for growth and development in that area and and i'm 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 sure that with the proper kind of effort there would be 
congregations that would want to become leaders in that soil area. Yes, beautiful. Well, Reverend Fletcher, I know we've got just a couple minutes um, left, and I, I want to make sure to ask uh, a, a two-part question. Um, what are some of the concrete ways in, in which Green Faith has and is making a difference that you want to highlight that you haven't already? And, and second, what are your top priorities now and, and going forward that you want to make sure that uh, we highlight for folks? I know you've already hit on some of this. So I would say in terms of, of making a difference, you know, we, we really believe that it's very important and that it makes a real difference when people of diverse spiritualities and faiths and, and their spiritual leaders step out publicly to, to raise their voices in the public sphere about the urgent importance of caring for the earth. And so this, uh, this September, there's a, a mobilization coming up around the global climate summit that's happening in uh, that's happening in in San Francisco. The mobilization will be on the eighth of September, and and as I said previously, we've taken part in in past climate marches, and we're we're inviting people to take part in 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 that mobilization because we think it's a a really important time to continue to show. Uh, leaders that that people of faith care deeply about this stuff, and I think in terms of a a, a call to action, um, very much in keeping with that, we we believe as people of faith that we need to lead by example, and and part of what that means is is advocating for good policies, and and part of what it means is making sure that our own lifestyles are reflecting a level of of. Um, responsibility and and good stewardship in terms of the climate. And so we've got a a new, we're working with a number of partners on a a multi-faith international campaign called Living the Change, which is about equipping people and inviting people to to adopt more sustainable lifestyles with a a particular focus on three areas that that really make a big difference. Um, Home energy use, uh, diet, moving towards a a plant-based diet, and and transport, less air travel, less car travel. And, and there's a website for that at livingthechange.net. And the call to action is that we're inviting folks to, to make commitments, and you'll be able to do that, make a commitment on that website um, within the next month or so. And we'll be gathering those commitments and taking them to that global climate summit this, this September in San Francisco. So I'd, I'd love to invite people to, to join us at, at livingthechange.net to find out more. Beautiful. We'll be sure to share that with folks. And um, my goodness, uh, Reverend Fletcher, this has been such a joy. And thank you so much for joining us today, uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule. And uh, before we sign off, I just want to mention one more time, greenfaith.org is where folks can find out more about the work you and your colleagues are doing at Green Faith. Of course, whyonearth.org uh, is a great place for folks to connect in further with the Why on Earth community. And uh, Reverend Fletcher, what a joy to speak with you again. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks for the invitation very much, Aaron, and thanks for your leadership. And, and I appreciate the chance to be with you. Wonderful. Well, take care. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.